1: the greatest show of them all it is the nfc east mixtape volume 97 we have never done a mixtape like this ever before i can confidently say that and if you have missed all 96 volumes before this shame on you where can you access them on any one of sp nation's nfc east blog a podcast networks you can also watch it on the bleeding green nation youtube channel or the blog and the boys youtube channel he has randomly gotten from bgn i am rjo from btb and brandon the philadelphia eagles are headed to the super bowl
2: congratulations it's true, RJ, and it's really a huge development for the NFC East Mixtape listeners, the mixologists, as you call them, because we get three more, we, expert, yeah. three, including this one, three more podcasts of in-season NFC East Mixtape podcasts, as opposed to, like, imagine if, like, yeah, because this week, for the Super Bowl, by it would only be Next it would only be two weeks. Lead up weeks. to the Super Bowl, and then like the reaction show. Oh, like, I'm counting okay, so like, that in there. Like that's what well, cool you said like
1: get... in the regular season that third one would technically well, be out of season. the. Per, it would be out of the the window. Yeah, but but you're like, right. It would it would talk. be related yeah. to the season.
2: I agree. You get what I'm talking about, as opposed to you know. Uh, oh i don't know they're hiring this it's it would not be very interesting otherwise because like there isn't any kind of head coaching or gm hires big these big hires going on in the division there's some coordinator stuff but like mm-hmm. okay whatever that's really not the same level of juice as some of the other hires would be so i'm excited in part for just the content but obviously very incredible that the eagles are back in the big game for the second time since 2017
1: second time in six years um, I got into a Twitter debate with somebody like it's six years you have to count 2017 you know what I mean like you can't say like second time in five years because like you don't count the end point for that Super Bowl runs
2: I think is the better way to phrase right
1: that's what I'm saying so like if they were to win it would be two out of six and not two out of five that's all I'm saying like let's just be mathematically correct um okay we have a lot to get to obviously the Eagles heading to the Super Bowl and the Kansas City Chiefs all that stuff uh before we do though Brandon we haven't read reviews in a while we have two from the blog of the boys side of things and two from the bleeding green
2: nation side of things where would you like me to start and one from Haven, maybe but you weren't sure about that that one is very strange
1: um I actually think let's build up to the Eagles ones I'm like I'm here to be very nice to the Eagles your team's in the Super Bowl I want you to enjoy it so I'm I, like, I'm I'm doing the proverbial olive branch even though we had an issue with that expression um okay so uh from the BTB side of things five-star rating comes to us from Joe's lunch titled best podcast for NFL's best division Great podcast, no teams with losing records, no bad episodes. I was legitimately worried the Cowboys would end their playoff utility streak, but thankfully they came through and now we can break out this nugget. This is a Eagles fan, if it isn't obvious. Hey, RJ, last time the Cowboys made the NFC championship, neither of the quarterbacks in this year's game were even born. Um, obviously mm-hmm. talking about uh, Jalen Hurts and at the time, Brock Purdy. Um, again, we'll touch on that. Uh, there was one, and I think we both will love this, from GOB Frog, five-star rating. It is titled Stats with Three Hearts, a red heart, a green heart, and a blue heart. Uh, And then several exclamation points. These three men, that is who I have tuned in for in all caps every week. Today's was my favorite episode of the look ahead. Yeah, we obviously had stats on last week uh, to preview the NFC championship game. A bit of a bummer for him, but everybody go check out the gold standard podcast network that stats has uh, put together. Really impressive work. Not shocking whatsoever to see stats uh, grinding away uh, these days. Are you ready for the BGN ones now, Brandon? Yeah, let's see it. Okay, Uh, five-star rating from LT-Grey, titled Colorado Love. It's a little bit long, so I'm going to blitz through this. Hey, Brandon and RJ, longtime listener and just wanted to say how much I have enjoyed listening to this show over the years. I moved from Philly to Northern Colorado in 2014 and have been listening to BGN since 2017. This show is my all-time favorite BGN show. I love being able to keep up with the news from the rest of the division and now have exactly one Cowboys fan, RJ, whose opinion I care about. Denver Sports Talk Radio is absolute trash. I only listen to make me realize how good real sports towns have it when it comes to sports media. The worst part of the pandemic was losing my morning commute when I would get to listen to BGN every day. Now, I primarily listen to the NFC East mixtape because the back and forth that y'all have is awesome. P.S., I've heard the NFC East called the NFC least years before hearing it on this podcast. (laughs) I've heard it before I ever even knew what a podcast is. Pick a different hill to die on, you jabronis. All the love from a group of diehard Birds fans out west. Uh, Finally, um, this one will be even stronger for you. not a fan of it personally. Uh, From Bale the Bard, uh, five-star rating titled, RJ is the most hardworking podcaster around. Bit Mm. of a, you know, lull. RJ's dedication to his bit is truly outstanding. He is unwavering in his portrayal of a crybaby Cowboy fan. It is hilarious <laughs> tuning into the podcast and listening to RJ represent Cowboys fans as insufferable losers. He constantly talks over co-hosts whenever he can and refuses the mildest criticism. This is comedy gold. Keep on roasting
2: Cowboys fans, RJ. I told you, I came, here,
1: pretty... I came here to be kind and read everything and just, you know, do the song and dance.
2: It is pretty crazy how, you know, you're an Eagles fan, and you just do this bit where you pretend to be a Cowboys fan for the sake of the show and the ratings and everything, and it's, it's working out. So I'm proud of you. Uh, good job. Um, we have a lot of fun here, and I think the listeners make it even more fun. So we appreciate the feedback. And again, excited to have a few more weeks here of actual in-season stuff, the big game to talk about.
1: Let me be very clear so we yeah, obviously are going to i don't know that you want to talk about the chiefs but by, well, by the way we will have pete sweeney on from arrowhead pride next week on the nfc's mixtape uh to talk about the chiefs and that side of things um pete is somebody i do another show with i'm just i am the hard hardest working podcast around i'm fine with that. i think that's a fair Ooh. categorization of things um but i i want to declare this and i want every cowboys fan to agree with me i'm going to command you to agree with me eagles fans get to say whatever they want like they like and if i was an eagles fan i'm not you, like you should brag. You should be obnoxious. I think some people, all fan bases, take it too far sometimes, but you like your team is in the Super Bowl. Like, like rub it in everybody's faces. Like if like this, we you and I say this all the time. This is what you follow sports and root for teams for. Like, you should take every victory lap possible. You might lose. And so what? You got there. Cowboys haven't been there in almost 30 years. This is the Eagles. Uh, I, I tweeted this out and I know you loved it. They have now been in the NFC championship game. This was true a week ago, seven times since the Cowboys last four. They have been to three Super Bowls. They've obviously won one. They may wind up winning two. And I noted this and you said it on Monday, football Monday. They are the standard, the modern standard within the NFC East. Maybe in the NFC overall, the Niners have a bit of a claim there. Granted, they haven't won a Super Bowl, um, but they are the modern standard. I know the Giants have won two Super Bowls, but they were both fluky. Like They they don't have this sustained level of success the way that the Eagles do, although part of it coming with the head coach who they will face off against next Sunday.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, discourse, it seems, about how the Eagles – have this fortunate path to be here or whatever, which honestly, um, I'm not really putting... It's
1: objectively fair. I mean, but who cares? You know what I mean? But it is a fair thing to say.
2: I mean, they play in a division, as we noted earlier in the review, that didn't have a team with a losing record. Like they played in arguably the best division in the but NFL. Those were two of their There's three losses
1: that. to your, to your point. I won't interrupt, but
2: like, again. okay, but still, but I'm saying like, it's not like this is like us. They had a total cake schedule the whole time. They just beat, they, they. not that only did they beat, they destroyed two teams where the the coaches of those two teams are the two of the three finalists for coach of the year. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like, uh, so whatever. Um, I'm not going to say like they're getting disrespected because I think that's really not the case. I think some of that discourse is a little weak to me um, because again, as like I said on Monday, football Monday and I said just now they're destroying these teams. This is like historical, this is historical domination, what they're doing and, Again, what they did to the 49ers in terms of knocking their quarterbacks out of the game, that wasn't just like luck. They were hitting them and being physical. They have the like, most ferocious pass rush in the NFL. That's going to happen. They're going to knock out other quarterbacks. Like that's thats part of the game. They weren't like doing it illegally in like a cheap shot or some kind of weird fluke play. Um, They were, they were physical. They're a physical team. So uh, they deserve to be here. I guess maybe am I'm, I'm more subdued than I thought I would be. Like I'm not if you're not watching the podcast on YouTube, which you should check out on either the Booting Green Nation or vlogging the boys YouTube channel, I'm not like smiling like I was last week um when the Cowboys were eliminated, because obviously, you know, I enjoyed that more. Uh, right. for your bit. uh but, it's um, your bit, actually, not mine, but go ahead. It's just about that the season, like it's about winning the Super Bowl. So I guess that's part of it. Like this team has been so great. So I expected them to be here, especially when they won the number one seed. I expected this. Now you have to go out and beat the the Kansas City Chiefs. So at some point we have to do an episode that's just titled
1: Multiple Things Can Be True, because I think this is a case for multiple things <sighs> can be true. Every episode. Right. But like, so one true thing is the Eagles schedule is not the most formidable one, formidable one of all time. Okay, cool. Another potentially true thing is that they might win the Super Bowl. Like, does anybody care? Like, you know what I mean? Like that still counts. Eagles, does it count? No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, Eagles fans are like a like the Eagles in general are a great example of like who cares? Like, does it matter? At the time, if it was fun to make fun of but like th- does any Eagles fan look back and be like oh man we didn't win the Super Bowl with our franchise quarterback well, you know winning MVP of the game who cares you won the Super Bowl like you know what I mean like do, do you think Broncos fans care that when they won the Super Bowl Peyton Manning was like a shell of himself no they won the Super Bowl with Peyton mm-hmm. Manning do you think that Rams fans care that they had the worst title defense of <laughs> all time right. no because they won the Super Bowl and so like who- right. that's true too Um, so like if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, like it's the ultimate multiple things could be true. I think that I think where maybe the discourse is coming from on a national level, because I I am kind of stunned personally at the amount of like take dumb that there is that you know, the Eagles haven't played anybody. I think people feel robbed, and that's not the Eagles' fault. I just think, think people were like bummed that like we we didn't get to see what looked like a great NFC Championship game on paper. So it just feels. I don't, I don't mean inauthentic that the Eagles, they they deserved it. They blasted the Niners. They they totally deserve to be here. But like, it just feels like, you know, fraudulent from this game standpoint. It's just like a bummer. You know what I mean? That's, that's fine. Like people are allowed to feel that way.
2: Yeah. I mean, I understand it. Um, You know, it still could have been a blowout. Purdy doesn't get hurt for all we know. Cause that Eagles defensive line was dominating. Like they were were crushing. They were just crushing. And it was like, oh my gosh. Um, And like, that's part of the. Brock Purdy went last in the draft for a reason. Like part of that reason nah, is he. We don't have to do this.
0: No, well, I'm saying Brock it's true. Hurt.
2: Like if you look at his physical attributes, he's not a very big dude, so he might not be like the most durable guy. Without tiny, he's a tiny dude, and he's not like super athletic. So you know that's a concern. That's a legitimate reason why someone like Go was that late in the draft. I'm not trying to discredit what he did. I'm just saying like there is a reason he got drafted that late. It wasn't just like a total fluke. Um, and also on the schedule point, okay, can we can we look at the Chiefs schedule for a second here and point out? I was going like, to do this. Where are their wins that I'm supposed to be like blown away by? Oh, wow, that's incredibly impressive. They beat the Jags. Okay, the Eagles beat the Jags. And the like, okay, so that's a, that's a team.
1: So, um, well, let me, let me ask you this. So, so, we can like set this up, like the chief schedule point. What would you say, and you can include the playoffs if you want, are the three most impressive Eagles wins? And you can define that how you want, like from, from week one to now. What are the three biggest, most authoritative wins that they have had?
2: I mean, definitely the Vikings game in week two. Um, okay you know they, they just totally playoff it's a playoff team even though you just hated on them
1: but playoff team. yeah
2: i mean they weren't like amazing but it was, it was, it was certainly a quality win um, right they destroyed the titans who were um,
0: like, i mean i'm not like leading there are the a lot to choose from. Went i went down to the way.
2: wire but i mean it's, they, they destroyed them it's 35 to 10 um and uh i'm looking else here i mean they also blew out the giants 48 to 22 the giants were kind of banged up in that game it was on the road um, I mean, there's the Giants playoff game, 38-7. to You could pick that one instead if you want. And the 49ers, the, the Chiefs also beat the 49ers. <laughs> and I don't, I, I, where is that win that the Chiefs have that is so great that the Eagles don't have? Okay, you want to say this championship game against the Bengals? Okay, great. That's one game. So you're basing it all off of that one game? I mean, the Chiefs lost to the Colts. The Eagles beat the Colts. I know it was close, but they didn't lose to them. The Chiefs lost to the Bills. Chiefs lost to the Bengals in the regular season. Um, The Chiefs had to go to overtime against the Texans. The Chiefs did not cover in both games against the Broncos late in the season. Like, where are these super impressive wins that the Chiefs have that the Eagles are uh, lacking? So
1: my answer for the Eagles, um, as far as impressive wins, I would say the Viking and I'm going chronologically here. Uh, The Vikings win is one of the three. Um, I would put the Cowboys win. Just because, I mean, they yeah. neutralized Micah Parsons, and I, I realize I'm biased, but like that was a Cowboys team that had caught fire, and and they neutralized yeah, They were him. Under, they, undefeated. They
2: they d- uh, Cooper Rush, yeah.
1: Right, they did what they wanted to do um, against them specifically. That I think the Titans one was the biggest like flex win, but I mean like. Again, some of that is just and I'm not taken away from it. But some of this is the Titans, but I would put the Giants playoff win like that was so boring because they killed them. You know what I mean? Like it was so boring. Um, now, on the other hand, the Chiefs most impressive wins. This is what I wanted to kind of get to. Um, I really did not. I was not impressed by their first Chargers win. Um, the one that was the Thursday night football debut game. Remember, Yeah, um, I would argue
2: the Chargers almost like outplayed them in that game.
1: Right. So the first one was kind of like whatever. uh the Bucks win was kind of and at the time we still kind of thought highly of the Bucks. Um, that was, yeah. you know, really impressive, like how they kind of ran away from it. And the Niners is
2: my lock of the week in that week. I remember that well, vividly.
1: The Niners win was like super impressive. And I know there was the quarterback stuff like on the yes. San Francisco side of things, and I know Christian McCaffrey was still newer, but like nobody did that to to the sure. Niners like I, I know the Eagles just did but you get my point like it was really like kind of holy crap like this is just who the Chiefs are the mm-hmm. The second Chargers win was a little bit quality um to me but yeah I mean and this was it's funny now by the way you didn't let me crap on the Chiefs when they struggled against the Texans right after the Cowboys did but they struggled against the Broncos barely yeah. and then they struck they went to overtime they didn't Cover the, the spread
2: <laughs> No, they teams. and then
1: the, and then they went to overtime against the Texans. They struggled against the Broncos near the end of the regular season. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I I was more impressed with like things they did in the regular season, and some of that is the Mahomes injury in the playoffs. Like, I do think that there's like a Chiefs fatigue um that, that is happening, and so I do think over the next week and a half, we're gonna see a lot of people like kind of come in. Like, and the Eagles, I do not share this opinion. I think Non NFC people like the Eagles. They view them as cool and fun and like they have a lot of fun personalities. Like that, that part's objectively true. There's going to be a lot of Eagles love coming in as like next week unfolds, especially because people are kind of like, I think like, you know, the Chiefs really went after Joe Burrow and the Bengals for like all the talk they did in their post games. Like, well, you guys are kind of like the pot calling the kettle black right now. You know what I mean? Like, and you won, so you deserve to do it. But like, the, I don't know. I'm, I'm, this is a weird Super Bowl for me.
2: Uh, last thing on the Titans, because you kind of pushed back against that. And I get it. They, they fell apart clearly right. towards the end of the year. But I mean, about the, when the Chiefs played him in Kansas sure. City, and then we won by three points in overtime against Malik Willis, starting his first game, right? Who completed. Uh, who who or, threw like five passes that game. He, he completed five passes out of 16 attempts for 80 yards. He did not complete a pass to a wide receiver. Like, you know, for for his much as the titans fell apart they're typically still were like a tough team a team that you know we and we said that going into the game sure we're gonna play teams tough that's typically what they do under Vrabel. Eagles just kick the, their butts like for a team that had a tough reputation the eagles just like had their way with them so kick their uh, i definitely butts. count that
1: not a true. often used expression um but i do find it fu- just funny it doesn't mean anything but like That two of the teams who played both of the Super Bowl teams very tough were the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. Like, and I know that the Eagles kind of walked away or ran away with the game, you know, but like, what was it? It was close at halftime. Yeah, but it was, it was like, it wasn't like close, but it was kind of like, huh, huh, you know, at halftime of that game. And obviously they, they went to overtime and the Colts beat the Chiefs and it took the Jalen Hurts touchdown at the end of the Colts game for the Eagles to win. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of funny, like, you know, the way the NFL can be. Um, I want to ask you a question uh, and I asked you this on Slack, but I want to have the conversation here um, because there's going to be a lot of coverage and everybody check out BGN radio and you know, bleeding green com for all the coverage, obviously, as the the next two weeks unfold. But is this the... There's no loss. And you you said this. There's no loss that sucks. Like, you lose the Super Bowl, so, like, it innately sucks. But, like, you're, as an Eagles fan, you've won a Super Bowl very recently. So, there's nothing that can, like, destroy you, right? You can't be a Falcons fan after this. Mm -hmm. But the Chiefs do, like, I think there is Chiefs fatigue because people are kind of, like, our, our buddy Stats once said something that I think about so often. He said, we don't have to invent reasons why Patrick Mahomes is great, right? People, Did you just change things you're drinking? Yeah, I'm some water. So you went from like, a, like coffee to water, like mid-show?
2: You have to hydrate because coffee is going to dehydrate you and it's going to make you tired if you don't drink water as well.
1: I'm just saying like it was a very strange thing to see two different cups show up all of a sudden. So I'm um, thirsty,
2: man. But um,
1: but people do that, right? Like people like – even the Titans win. Like, oh, Mahomes. Like it's it's like – and he's like we'll, – we'll both like fully admit he's a great player. He's the most talented quarterback of the NFL. All objective fact and whatever. But like there is like an overkill. You know what I mean? Of like exacerbating their greatness. And we talk about that all the time. We talk about how people act like he's already won five Super Bowls. And I think it would be very annoying to be the team that kind of gave him his second one and, and sent it into a different stratosphere. And that like, whatever, again, you, you'll, you're fine taking that risk. Cause it's a Super Bowl. So like, is, does this set up the most annoying potential reality of the Eagles lose?
2: Not really. I honestly don't feel that way. Um, I don't really care about the chiefs. Like, it's not like a robbery. Like, I don't, sure. wow. We got to beat Andy Reid. Like, I don't i never loved andy as much as the people who really uh, did here in philly at the time i didn't hate him i was more indifferent i just felt like he was never my coach because i came into eagles fandom at a point where he was already here so like i didn't feel like Mm. i wasn't like attached to it where we came up together like he was kind of just like the um uh i don't know not i don't know if lame duck is the word but you know it's it's like a sitting president
1: when you showed up
2: i guess but you know it's like hey like you're a head coach let's say and you inherit this quarterback they're not really married to but they're kind of like successful so you have them around but in an ideal world you kind of get your own guy at some point and there's just Mm. something special about starting fresh and being on the ground floor with that i was never like that with him so i'm a little bit more indifferent towards andy uh i was happy when they won the super bowl because like cool if the eagles can't win then why not sure but he like he's
1: not doug doug was your guy like to your like you know the ground floor type of thing i got you exactly so it
2: was just a different feel um, so I don't really, I don't really care. I'm not going to be upset. if Oh, he was lost to Andy. Like, how could they, again, like, doesn't really yeah, bother it. me.
1: I don't know. And that sh- no one should be upset. He's like, and plus he's, he's like, a hall he's of fame. Great coach. Head coach. <laughs> <laughs> so like, and Andy's he's like, to... his thing is being elite after the buy. And he gets a buy, right. like to prepare for this, like of all things. So,
0: yeah,
2: I mean, it would be concerning if he just like ran circles around Nick Sirianni in game management because that is clearly not Andy's strength like that's an area and he's gotten better I think in that regard than he was in Philly but that is not an area typically where he's as good he's better to what you just said in terms of like the the preparation standpoint like, in mm-hmm. making the game plan that he's elite no doubt but actual in-game management decisions not as good, and you saw that late in the Chiefs game at one point where they're like punting from thirty-seven, the opposing thirty-seven yard line or whatever it was. Like he's just not the best at that kind of stuff. Where I think your boy RJ Nixteriani deserves a lot of credit. Your boy is five and zero against the finalists for Coach of the Year, and is not a Coach of the Year finalist himself. Um, he's clearly not the only factor that really, uh, you know, he's not the straw that stirs the drink alone in Philly because you have so much talent here. Uh, And there's a big uh, ecosystem of support in terms of analytics. That being said, he's still ultimately making the call to go for it when the Eagles and 49ers are tied at 7-7 and they're at their own 34-yard line at 4th and 1. And that might seem like a no-brainer to go for it. I think it is. But like, not. I, I feel well, like You, you don't face the that,
1: consequence, you know. It's it's easy for you to say because like you don't have to live is, with the result if they don't get
2: it. But you can also say that what like most coaches do not go for that. That's fair to say, right? In that situation, and he did, and you know they should because they're basically unstoppable at sneaking the ball. But like that's that's huge. That led to a touchdown drive, the fourth and three early in the game where they really could have kicked a field goal, um, or it, it would have been a long field goal, short punt. They went for it, and. That play, maybe more than any other play in that game, really kind of symbolizes what the Eagles are. And you can say, oh, it wasn't a catch. Well, first of all, it's an incredible effort by Devontae Smith to even make it look like a catch on that play. So you have to give him credit for mm-hmm. that. And then him having the football IQ to instantly get up and do that signal that they have prepared to be like, hey, we need to get a snap off. By the way, Kyle Shanahan just really dumb to me to not throw a challenge flag there. Because even if, like, he did catch it, why would you? It's just the you're you're risking losing. A timeout and a challenge, or you're risking giving up seven points. Maybe. Which, yeah, would which, which like, you rather it's, have.
1: It's worth that because it was fourth down. You know what yes. I'm like, it, I mean? Like so like it's worth it if, if you can if you can effectively like you know, like place the chip of your timeout and like spin the wheel and like turn the ball over, you do it.
2: You know what I'm saying? Like it's, if it, it's worst case scenario versus best case scenario. What's the worst exactly. case scenario? You lose a challenge, you lose a timeout. Okay. Is that really like the end of the game? Is that the end of the world? Versus you give up seven points. Seven points could very much be the difference in the game more than I think the challenge and the timeout.
1: Did they, I really don't know off the top of my head. Did, and I know the, the you know, the Purdy injury changed everything, but did they even go into halftime having spent all their timeouts? I don't remember off the top of my head. Because if No, if they, I don't.
2: Think if so. they if they
1: held a timeout, you can look that up. But like if they held a timeout at halftime, or you know what I'm saying, like if they didn't use all three, then it's even worse. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like you didn't even use the the timeout that you like were so worried about conserving there at the very end. Um, I'm trying to buy you some time. Well, you also um, don't even need challenges as much now anymore because some of these right. like reviews that kind of just happen. Yeah, like what what isn't like what what is the like standard play that you absolutely have to challenge? And it's like scoring plays, turnovers, like all the like important seismic moments are subject to review and naturally. Like, what is the the play that you really feel like you need the second challenge for?
2: I don't think they did call their timeouts. I'm looking here um, at the game log, and I'm not yeah. seeing it. But yeah, that so makes it worse. Yeah, um, it's, just, it's dumb. So
1: I I want to say this. Let me be very clear, and I think I speak for the world that Nick Sirianni can be a bit much. All right, I think Eagles fans understand that and accept that, but embrace him as their own, and that's totally fair game. I'm I'm not going to fault you for that. But every we all know what's going on here. All right, um, he walks and talks like somebody who has like a big army behind him right like i don't want to say like he's like it's like some sort of like complex but you know what he has a big army behind him like you know what i'm saying like he has the analytics department he has a talented quarterback he has a talented offensive line he has these playmaking wide receivers he has one of the best defensive lines in the nfl one of the best defenses overall one of the best secondaries like he walks and talks like those are his players and you know what like that's what you should do <laughs> like like he's he's somebody who like People will say like oh like they make analogies like oh well he's he's driving like a corvette like yeah well he knows how to drive it you know like not everybody knows how to drive that vehicle like some people would would like you know sit at 30 miles an hour he fill it with the wrong gas too yeah he is so down to like floor it and i do respect that and i will say this i'm going to give you a gift all right if the eagles win the super bowl for a mixtape episode of your choosing I will wear a visor with a highlighter on it. You can pick which one. If you want it to be like the one after, or like a random week in June, that's up to you. But if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, you get to cash that in for a next right.
2: episode. Thanks for that. I care about this very much. It'll be fun, <laughs> I guess. Um, I think Sirianni gives the Eagles an edge. I think that's very clear. I shout out to Shil Kapadia. He, I think, like he he phrased that. He always phrases that when he talks about head coaches, and I think that is a very simple but true and effective way to evaluate coaching does this coach give this team an edge and I think he does with this fourth down decisions among other things uh, the culture all of it I feel like the Eagles have an advantage and, and I said that going into the matchup against Kyle Shanahan because I'm like he's gonna mess up game management stuff we know what's gonna happen and sure enough he did and I trusted Sirianni not to do that and also I just think how can you argue the Eagles are not a well-coached team they're a you well-coached team I um so like I'm gonna say some like, I'm
1: I'm still trying to like process this all right um again on the Sirianni, like personality traits or whatever he very clearly has tried to like embody the like hardcore philly fan spirit within the team like cheer right, me out like that's fair right like it seems that he's tried to do that i don't know how much i quantify that in sports like whatever the team like and different teams are in different cities have different cultures whatever but i don't think that the the quantity is zero You know know what I mean? Like, I do believe there is something, and I say this as an Astros fan, right? Like, I think there was something to the Astros, like, wanting to, like, middle finger the world, right? Like, you think our title didn't count, right? Like, you know, like, people are human, right? And so, like, I do think that that drove them to winning the World Series this past year, um, which is the only thing I have to cope because I have to say, like, it came against, you know, the city of Philadelphia, so, you know, that's my, like, one thing. I do think there's something, I don't know if it's tangible, but I do think it's real to, like, the brazen nature that Nick Sirianni has, whether it's goofy or corny or whatever, if it helps, then who cares? You know what I'm saying? Like, if it helps and they win the Super Bowl, then, like, don't apologize for it because it worked. You know what? If it was a bit, it worked. And who who can deny it if it worked It's, it's a think... difficult thing to think about and admit.
2: I will say that. I think there's something to maybe it's reminding me of how people talk about like Josh Allen is the perfect quarterback for both, right, like, right embodies the fan base. It's like it's a perfect marriage of personalities there. And I think there's there's definitely something to that in Philly. Um, it is just kind of unique to me about how it's it's not just about the head coach here, clearly, because <laughs> Jeffrey Lurie is now seen three different coaches that have gone to the Super Bowl. That's pretty crazy. How about your uh, boy
1: Howie? Who you always hated on.
2: I had Howie's back here on the mixtape. Two-time executive of the year by the uh, Pro Football Writers Association. Yeah, I mean, he deserves it. Again, this roster is stacked, and he's done a great job. And it's really impressive. I do think, you know, you you get some luck along the way, but hey. Um, like, because like, I don't think they drafted Jalen Hurts envisioning this exact scenario, but you did draft him knowing that maybe there was this level upside. And again, if we're looking at best case scenario, worst case scenario, maybe you believed in that. Um, I, I do think with Hurts, if we're gonna you can transition to him, because this was not his A game by any means, he hasn't even mm-hmm. been amazing in the playoffs, he was good at the beginning of the Giants game. And they didn't even really need him to carry yeah, the like, offense. I don't
1: fault him for that because it he, it wasn't necessary for him to be
2: good. Well, you know he started I mean? strong. He set right. the tone. He was literally perfect. He went seven for seven for eighty nine yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And I do think there is something to be said for Hertz simply not turning the ball over against the 49ers because you know, look at the previous game with Dak doing it twice, and look at how the 49ers led the league in interceptions this season. So for him to not do that at all and really never even put the ball in harm's way, like that's if that's your worst case scenario is that your quarterback takes care of the ball it's still a pretty good scenario to be able to to do that and not lose the game for you and he did have some big runs in there um one set up the final touchdown so he was certainly not i, would, I wouldn't say he was like bad by any means but he wasn't super impactful as you may have you know like to see as you know let's say like Mahomes was and let me be very clear i think Jalen Hurts needs to have a very big game in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes but there is something to be said still as I've said all along the season for Hertz's composure and the way a team takes that personality on, the intangibles there—it's really kind of crazy because I just, for years, I believed like all that stuff is not meaningless, but is so overrated. Just like a player's leadership and like toughness and what, because it's just if they suck, that stuff doesn't matter. It just doesn't. Like you can be the toughest guy or whatever, but if you you can't throw the football to the player accurately, then I don't really care. But with Hertz. Um, he's clearly gotten better, but I, again, I think he's just at a different level of those kind of intangibles where it actually has this impact. And look, they're 16 and one with him as a starter. And the one game was like kind of, you know, an atypical game. You could whatever. say
1: it was a loss. Like,
2: it's okay that he but lost one 17 games. But it wasn't like games. they got blown out. And, and it, like, like the one loss is like, okay, it was, a, a, I understood why they lost. I mean, he made some good completions down the field that were like objectively good throws that somehow turned directly into turnovers. So they, like a little bit. You know not typical but whatever it's a loss they lost but there's 16 and one of them as a starter this season it's pretty crazy i
1: will say this um i think the not meaninglessness of those intangibles is relative to how good you are as a team right like if if the eagles like again, like this is like worst case hypothetical. They lose a the Super Bowl and then we're like zero and five to start next season. Then it's like it—it's all stupid, right? You know what I mean? It's like oh, Jalen could quit doing this, man. We're all—you know what I mean? Like whatever. But it's like if they keep—if you're sixteen and one, it's like everything is good. You know what I'm saying? Like so, some of it is that, and some of that, like, is the Nick Sirianni stuff, right? Like some—like it all. Everything is awesome. Everything is perfect. Everything is the smartest possible. Whatever. If you're winning and you have the result, history is written by the winners. We say that all the yeah. time here. So like. I mean it there's there's no reason to doubt it at this point the analogy um to kind of go back to the car thing um like sirianni and the corvette or whatever that i would like hertz has been the like you ever play mario kart and like you have such a huge lead and you get to the final lap and you're like i don't need to do anything crazy i don't don't need to like you know look for the items i just got to get to the finish line that's it feels like he's playing that way and i say that like in in a good way like it's wise of him to like be like you know what like we have a a stacked roster like all i got to do is just like drive this thing and get it through one lap and you know what he's gotten to this point that like if he has to like go all out or whatever in the super bowl it's the super bowl so, so like you know like it's you he's done the job i was looking right now because i kind of thought i remember this the last time he threw a touchdown to an against a non-giants team was that titans game just kind of been a weird you know end which i think is why people were a little bit on edge or whatever but i mean yeah again, and that's it's all you know
2: some of that's like a little like weird because the eagles will get to the red zone and they're so good at running it in there that they don't even need to right. throw it. and he's had rushing touchdowns in there too which can't count just as much as if he passes the ball um he did have a rushing touchdown in this game but again i do think he needs to be better i think the most concerning thing is especially against a 49ers team that we said going into this matchup was vulnerable against deep passing they allowed the most 50 plus passing plays in the nfl they ranked sixth in terms of giving up um right yard specifically to the wide receiver position. And this is not a big passing attack day for the Eagles offense. They tried multiple times. Just couldn't get it going for the second week in a row Hertz overthrew an open AJ Brown deep, mm. which, you know, which is kind of weird because AJ Brown, you know, he's been, ama- he's been amazing since training camp, but he's had a quiet playoffs. And that's not again, all on him. If he's getting open, he's not getting heat hit on these deep plays. He should have had really two touchdowns so far. And, you know, probably at least like, I don't know, 70, whatever yards in each game, if not more. Um, so that that almost maybe I'm being silly, but that almost makes me more confident it's going to happen because it just feels like it's going to happen. Like law of averages dictate that like he's going to have a big game. And I feel like maybe it is in the Super Bowl. Maybe not. But um, I, I feel like the Super Bowl is going to be like this A.J. Hurts uh, show.
1: I haven't thought about the law of averages. Like, what is the, like, of course thing that's going to happen in the Super Bowl? Like, one of the of course things seems like there's going to be, like, a Mahomes play. Let me And, like, to go back to the, like, annoyance thing, if it were the Cowboys here, I would be, not like, worried's not the right word. Because, again, you're in the Super Bowl, like you said. But, like, I guess the best way to put this is I would have had a much more fun time rooting for the Bengals against the, the Eagles than I am rooting for the Chiefs. Like, I don't dislike the Chiefs. But I would have like rooted for the Bengals. You know, the Chiefs is a little bit more closer to rooting against the Eagles. Like I don't like, I don't have qualms with them, but you know, the Bengals are are much more likable to me. Again, like I don't mean to say the Chiefs are unlikable, but like I'm just kind of worn out on it. Um, and so like, and if they win, it will be like, oh, now Mahomes has two. You know what I mean? Like it'll be all this stuff. And and we kind of got that. Like, I, I mean, I, I brought it up on Monday, Football Monday. Like, I don't think he's ever played a playoff game wearing his white jersey. Mm. I, I was trying to think of, I've been trying to ask Steven. I can't, I can't find an example. So that's if I were the Eagles that like we're green just to put him in something, he's technically literally uncomfortable.
2: Yeah. I mean, why not? And they will, they were, you asked me this on uh, Monday football Monday, they're going to wear, I mean, at least I'm very confident. They will. Maybe that's actually been announced by the time we're recording this. I was looking back at,
1: or by the time it goes out. Cause it, yeah. You know, well, out especially because
2: they, I remember uh, when the Eagles played in the Super Bowl. they announced it like the Tuesday after they won the championship game. So Maybe
1: we'll um, see that. So, okay. The bigger and,
2: question, sorry, real quick, is the socks. What socks will they get? Will they go with like the white socks or the black socks? We'll see.
1: Uh the Eagles? Yeah. My my suggestion would, if you're going green tops, white bottoms, jersey, pant-wise, you gotta go black socks.
2: It's my I think situation. they did black. If I'm not mistaken, they did black socks in the Super Bowl. They won, so I feel like you would have to kind of yeah.
1: It, it blew yeah, up in their face, did. but I. Or I don't know. I mean, they lost, but I loved how all the Chargers wore black cleats in their playoff loss mm. to the Jaguars. That was kind of cool. Um, I really like that. So, and I hope if we get. Green tops, white bottoms. I hope we get white tops, red bottoms for the Chiefs. That's what I really want to see. This is a good helmet matchup. Last year's helmet matchup sucked. I like, Mm. you know, like every all the sets and shows have the helmets. It's a good looking helmet matchup. I'm grateful the Eagles are technically the home team. I talked about that because of the logo thing. I did not enjoy last year's helmet matchup. It was disgusting. Mm. Like I don't really like the Rams helmet or the Bengals helmet.
2: Like, Mm. you know,
1: it's just whatever. I think they're
2: unique. I like that part about that.
1: They're unique, but they'd be difficult to get autographed. And I I say that all the time about the Bengals. on Like, what I would you like? Fangle. What do you do? Like silver is, Sharpie. It doesn't, it's not like, it's not like wax. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to not show up over the black parts. Like you would need it to be like a marker, not, you know, a Sharpie. It would have to be like paint almost.
2: I don't know. Not really an autograph guy. I mean, uh, I give I, them out, but I don't, you know,
1: I get I anymore. used to really, really covet autographs. I don't know at what point, like a, a selfie with somebody became more valuable than a, an autograph, but that did happen.
2: You know, Over the course yeah. of life. I don't, I don't like bothering people. I don't know.
1: Um, okay, so obviously, uh, BGN, all things Super Bowl. Um, and again, we'll have Pete Sweeney on from Arrowhead of Pride next week to talk about the Eagles-Chiefs matchup specifically. Uh, and again, if you want to hear the Niners' angle on losing the NFC Championship game to the Eagles, head on over to the Gold Standard Podcast Network and our friend Rob Um, Do want to kind of get through some incidental things. I had a few things on the Google Doc that I'm sure... You, I actually I thought this was kind of kind of me, you know, just shouting myself out. Um, I did a lot of the like clerical and logistical work for this episode because mm. Brandon is covering a team in the Super Bowl. So I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to be like a, a good friend, a good teammate here.
2: Yeah, I'm not ready to do any kind of like Super Bowl prediction thing yet. I don't, you know, I'm all about the vibes, as you know, as the listeners know, but I don't really have a strong vibe feeling on this game yet. I think part of it's just, it's so far away in my mind. Like I have so much to do before <laughs> this game is played that I'm not ready to think about it yet. Um, but that's where I'm at.
1: Um, quick piece of news related to the nfl uh just saw this ian Rappaport noting that the baltimore ravens are expected to place the exclusive franchise tag on lamar jackson um i did want to say one thing about this um this game will be talked about a lot obviously you know in the coming weeks but it, this is also a preview of next week's regular season matchup the eagles the all nfc east teams will visit the afc west teams that they finished in the same place as um in the 2020 regular 22 regular season so the Eagles will visit the Chiefs, the Cowboys will visit the Chargers, the Giants will visit the Raiders, and the uh, Commanders will visit the Broncos um, in 2022. So um, it will either be like this. This is a candidate, I suppose, to maybe be the Week One opener, right? We've seen that happen before. Uh, was was it the uh, Panthers Broncos, right, that met on in the opener the like season after they met, met in the Super Bowl? Like if the Chiefs, I could see that. Like if the Chiefs won, they're they're like banner raising night is against the Eagles at Arrowhead. That would really suck, but. um, just kind of is what it is. Um, we'll see, though. Uh, yeah, we have a few more things to get to related to the division. Are you ready?
2: uh Last thing I want to say on the Eagles is Hassan Reddick. Gotta uh, give him credit. I mean, he's been a beast. Um, what,
1: what was the better move? In like, if you had to pick one, just, Hassan Reddick or, it's or it's AJ Hassan. Brown?
2: Especially because you just had to give him money. You know what I mean? If you're right. counting, the, not that AJ was bad. This is clearly like a one A, one B kind of thing. But it has to be Hassan because you just gave him money, and it was a good deal. I don't think he's. I, I was looking at his contract recently. I don't even think he's like a top 15 player in terms of edge money. He's 19 and a half sacks in 19 games. That's insane. He's been incredibly productive. These are like high quality sacks to like game changing plays. Right. I mean, he's been a beast. Like, it's kind of crazy how it's probably crazy how he didn't like, I mean, he probably should be a defensive player of the year finalist. Like, I I don't know. Um,
1: I don't know about that. Like, it's kind of funny though. He gets penalized by people for playing on an elite defensive line, but I,
2: yeah, but look it, at his production the past two years though, too. Even like when he was playing for if, the Well, that's not related to Panthers. this
1: year and like defensive player of the year. But, but I'm like, just
2: saying it's not like this production is like fluky. Like he's been consistently doing elite productions. Like maybe this guy's actually good and not just you can't say the narrative of he's only good now that he's playing in a favorite. Right, right, situation. right,
1: right, But here's a take. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, he's the best free agent signing specifically in franchise history.
2: There's a been girl- a lot of that.
1: They're better draft a, picks, but like you know, what I'm saying like another like trades or whatever. But like as far as free agent signings and like the impact they had, you could argue if they win the Super Bowl, yeah. all you need is one year to prove that case.
2: And that's not like um you know, uh the tallest short person. Like that is like because they signed Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins was like a huge part why they won the Super Bowl and is amazing like leader and player. And it was previously him, you know, that everyone said was like you know the best free agent signing. So that's that's pretty crazy uh, to be in that consideration, that competition. Uh, but yeah, Reddick's been awesome. And look, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, there's a very, very good chance that Patrick Mahomes is going to be the MVP. Like, who else would it be? Like, it's of the game, you mean? Yeah, it, right. the Super Bowl MVP. Because I mean, is it like it? It seems like it'd be hard for Kelsey to win unless he has like five touchdowns or something. It's, like, in,
1: it's rare. Like, and you actually have to play like quite poorly as a quarterback to not get it. Like, I thought. I I thought it was ridiculous that Peyton Manning won it in circle 41. Uh, I I thought they should have. Well, again, like some of it's the narrative, right? Like at at the time, I mean, I was in high school. I remember thinking like they should have split that between Joseph, Adai and Dominic Rhodes. Like they, they were what won the game for the Colts in the rain against the bears.
2: And if the Eagles win, there's kind of a bigger, you know, range of outcomes who it could be. And, I think Reddick would be probably like a good bet for if you're like if you're going especially trying to get value on those odds there. You probably right. like it'd probably be a good value to to put a bet on him because he could have a big game where he has like a couple sacks or worst fumble and ends up being the deciding factor. And, I think uh, some of that ju- just like I don't mean to interject, uh,
1: or you know, all I do is interject, but like it's just the way the Eagles play. Like you like you said a little while ago, like they get down to the red zone, it's like well you know we don't have to like force this issue. So like. That could impact, say, Jalen Hurts candidacy to win MVP. And like, no offense to Miles Sanders or Kenny Gainwell, like they're probably not going. to. It has to be some sort of like star, some sort of like prominent face um, to win it. So um, Reddick's a good pick. But if if it's a chief, that who is the non Mahomes Kelsey chief that could win it? Um, like, like what what the path you can see? Like we're not just naming players. Like if you like, it's uh, a it's a small path.
2: I mean, if Pacheco just absolutely went off on the ground, right. I guess like or, or, or Chris
1: Jones had like four sacks or something. Chris Jones, something yeah, Chris Jones is
2: obviously uh, definitely a real contender. Um, That's it, uh, though. If, like, yeah, I don't know. May,
1: maybe like if Juju or MVS had like a, you know, like a six catch, two hundred nine yard
2: game, three picks.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I don't, I just can't see it. But as far as Eagles, I would like possibilities obviously hurts I would put both AJ and Devante there by the way is Devante Smith the best player in the NFL that wears number six like can you even think of another
2: off the top of your head who are the quarterbacks I can't even think
1: like the, um, I can't think of another number six like the, the first one I think of is Mark Sanchez and then Jay Cutler and they're both obviously not playing I mean, um like it just hasn't it's not a really popular number yeah I don't know Chris Jones um the Cowboys old punter used to wear number six I mean but that's <laughs> like like the I'll only thing I up. can really think of. Well, like, there's dude. not a lot of number sixes in the NFL. Like, I was, and I I hate that. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be a fan of Devontae's, although I, he is my friend. I did inter- interview him ahead of the Super Bowl on the SB Nation NFL show. Um, but like, Devontae's too good of a player to wear number six. That's my point. Mm. You no, know, I mean, I player. think it works for him.
2: He's a unique player.
1: Um. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so Hurts, uh, Devonte, AJ, those are the offensive players I would say have a chance. I think you could like the Eagles are like a vogue enough team to where like there's a there's a path where like Lane Johnson wins it. Like if Hurts is like never touched, you know what I mean? Like if if not if That'd like it was a weird offensive enough
2: performance with a lot of running,
1: right? That's a possibility. Um, Slay, I, I was going to say this too. Um, if we if we decided the two best moves the Eagles made in the offseason were AJ and Hassan in whatever order, number three is James Bradbury. Like, and, and the stability he provided to the secondary. I mean, again, like, learn from Howie, NFL teams. Like, and I, like, there, I don't know how many times in the last like 15 years it's been the, like the statement has been like, the Eagles are doomed. It's going to take them 10 years to get out of this. Like, they're stuck, blah, blah, blah. Like, like, you are never doomed. You are never stuck. If you are a fan of an NFL team and they are telling you that they are stuck, that they are limited, they are whatever, that is a lie. You can always think and adjust and adapt and get yourself out of it.
2: Unless you're like, the Washington football team <laughs> unless <laughs> until you sell your team unless you unless you have just like uh, like clearly egregiously awful ownership then you're you're kind of stuck in that situation but otherwise by the way Quandre digs a good number six for the uh the Seahawks
1: it's rare though pro, it's my been the pro point, bowl Michael. in each of the
2: past three seasons
1: The Pro Bowl stinks. We don't need the Pro Bowl anymore. Like, I'm so sick. You know what? I I don't even want the games or anything. Just give me the roster and let it be, like, an accolade on players' resumes. But enough with this, like, you know, we don't need 12 alternates.
2: It's stupid. Uh, Brett Maher, also a really good number. No, he – does that a fantasy number – He wore six though with the Saints. Okay, that's what I'm seeing here.
1: He wore 19 after that though.
2: So, yeah. um, I'm just looking at a pro football reference list of number sixes. Not a near to your point. Yeah, not a lot of impressive names here. It's not
1: a and it's like I I think that derivations of six are not popular because six is kind of a clunky number. Like there aren't there are some 16s, right? Like obviously, like Joe Montana, like there's a little bit more popular. 26 is kind of you know, you got your running backs, but like 36 isn't that popular. 46, 56, kind of a cool linebacker number. 66 blah, 76 blah, 86. Can you name an 86? Zekers. I can name one. Oh, I guess that's two. Uh, I was gonna say Steve Smith. That's it. Like, and it's it's not and Dalton Schultz, obviously, but like it's like you can we could sit here and name like fifty eighty ones, fifty eighty twos, fifty, you know, a hundred eighty eights. A lot of eighties, even eighty is kind of cool. I said did I say eighty six for Steve Smith? No, it's mm-hmm. even like eighty nine. But like it's cooler than eighty six. Like eighty six is lame. Like the is just doesn't better than both. That's true. I mean, 88 is awesome. 86 is the worst number that a receiver used to be able to have. So
2: whatever. Mm, um, I think 80. I don't like, well, it depends on the font. The Eagles font is the, the zeros look bad, but uh, 80 also looks 19. Good. How about 19 for a quarterback? That's ter- This is like horrendous, right? I mean, who's, who's out here wearing 19 as a quarterback, I
1: mean, I agree. It's not great, um, and some of that as a is just the nine... receiver
2: number. It's okay, but as a quarterback, it's awful.
1: But but some of that is like that. The nine is the upside down six. You know what I mean? Like, and so nice, go. like proverbially. But like, you know, it, it's just uh, <laughs> it's it's whatever. Um, so yeah, like I I don't want to like Devonte. You know, what I mean? like I don't dislike him, but like. If he was like number like one or n- number like eight, well, um, you know what I mean? Hurts. Like number like, uh, you know, number, I don't know, like 80, he'd be such a good 81. He'd be an
2: awesome 81. No, he's but too small for 81.
1: 11. He'd be a great 11. You know what I mean?
0: 13, well, 14. Yeah.
1: Um, Okay, some things to fly through as it relates to the division, um, because this is the NFC East mixtape. We've talked about this a lot at Blogging the Boys, uh, but just to kind of tie a bow on it. Since we last spoke, Brandon, Dan Quinn back as defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. It's his third season in the post. Uh, Very interesting. It's way more surprising than it was a year ago that he stuck around. It was still surprising then. It's just all the more surprising now. Um, And a few days after that, Kellen Moore was announced, actually, like maybe like 30 minutes in real time after the Eagles won the NFC. Uh, it was reported by the Dallas Morning News that Kellen Moore would be out as the Cowboys offensive coordinator. Uh, it was termed a mutual parting of ways, uh, but he had time left on his contract. So that is technically a dismissal, a firing, whatever you want to call it. Um, and very quickly, he was hired by the Los Angeles Chargers. So he is going to work with your boy and Twitter's boy, Justin Herbert. Um, Dallas is going to move forward in a world where Mike McCarthy will call the plays. They, of course, do have to hire an offensive coordinator and name. My take on this, um, and like, mock or whatever if you want not you specifically but like i'm not saying this is gonna like be wonderful but you have to see mike mccarthy call plays if, if you went the entire and i've said vtb years i've heard this like if you went the whole mccarthy era however long that winds up being without seeing this guy who everyone can make fun of his career but who made his way on the offensive side of the ball and who was so successful in every way calling offensive plays if you never had that happen that would be a huge Failure. So I am excited that we get to see that, and it it may not work out. But I'm excited that we're at least going to know whether he is part of the solution or part of the problem.
2: Yeah, you did say this like last off season. Just let him fall on his own sword, basically. If he's gonna go down, let him go down because his way. It's kind of like how things I think about it with Chip back in 2015. It was like, okay, is it is it amazing that you're giving your head coach personnel power? Typically, that doesn't work out, but if he fails we all know it's Chip's fault, and he has to go there's no other one you can't hide behind anyone else there can't be another scapegoat here it's chips either the eagles are good because of chip or they're bad because of chip and now a different situation but similar kind of uh mythology or thinking or mythology myth not mythology methodology uh to the cowboys giving mike mccarthy this control and now saying okay uh, you have to fix Dak. Like, you know, we can't have another season like we did where he's leading the league in interceptions. It's, you you have to get this thing back on track. Um, I think the Dan Quinn thing is a little funny from a standpoint of like, well, he just decided not to take a job. I mean, it's clear, I don't, I mean, to me, it seems clear that he's like not, no one's like beating down his door with, oh, we, we must have you, Dan Quinn. And he's just like, nah, I'm good. Like, that's really not
1: the case. I think it's a case of multiple things being true. I think it's that maybe he, I do think he's one of the more coveted names, but I think part of it is like, this is kind of a down cycle, right? Like, you know, like was like Frank Reich was the first coach hired. If you had needed a head coach, would he have been number one on your list? No, I mean, no offense, but like he wouldn't have been been. Uh, probably D'Amico Ryan's. And like, yeah, it's amazing that he's going to choose the Texans. And like, and, and so I don't. I think it's amazing, but then I think it's not well, amazing. It, it makes sense because of the draft they have a good capital.
2: outlook relative to these other teams. You know, at least right, like, like they the have the draft capital. Yeah,
1: they play in a lowly division, right? Like, you know, Easterby is like, gone, right? Uh yeah. Um, but you know, uh, Casario is still there. So I mean, still whatever. But still, like, it's all the reason in the world to feel like you can remake that. And plus, there's a like homecoming element for him specifically. Um, but so like, even if Frank Reich is your number two, like that's what I'm saying, like. Dan Quinn is like one of the top three top five candidates and there are five openings like I mean I like I'm not in love with Sean Payton I've made that very well known but even if you were like you have to give up enormous compensation to get him like he's just simply it is dumb but like and he him acting like again I don't want to go down lost in the weeds but so like back to Dan Quinn I think it's a case I do think he's valued but he may not be like whoa the number one guy I think he also likes working with the Cowboys I think the pressures of not being the head coach are a real thing. We, we see that with coordinators all the time as they get older. That were head coaches. He gets to boost his resume, you know, coaching for a very visible team, having one of the best defensive players in the NFL and Micah Parsons. So, like, the opportunities are always going to be there for Dan Quinn, you know, because of Micah and because of the you know visibility of his team. And I think it's possibly true that he believes he is the like successor to Mike McCarthy if this wind up failing, especially now with Kellen Moore officially out the building. Like, if if the Cowboys had to promote. Somebody, if they fired Mike McCarthy, it would obviously be Dan Quinn.
2: It's just funny when you look at the success of, you know, let's say Doug and Sirianni, who were these relative unknowns at the time they were hired. Like, no one else interviewed them. They didn't get interviews with other teams in their hiring cycles. And, like, you would give up, like, a first round pick and maybe more for Sean Payton. Like, that just seems kind of crazy to me that you would give up something. If you're going to give up anything, it would have to be like, bruce arians with the bucks like, I, they like I, yeah like it was six like a sixth the, round it like, yeah. yeah it was like sure I, whatever but.
1: i don't want to do this because like people have done it a million, a million times but like also the presentation that like you know like nick Sirianni has been a head coach for two seasons and but he's been a playoff team in both of them he's been to the super Ooh. bowl at least once he may have won the super bowl once right like people over like people like i'm I'm not trying to listen into like defending mccarthy i've made it very well known i think he's overhated and whatever blah 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 but like sean overrated like, people bag- i agree People bag on McCarthy because, like, well, you didn't win 100 Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers. Sean, like, he never went seven to nine three years in a row with him, the way that Sean Payton did with Drew Brees. Like, people people only remember the effects of the 2017 draft class for the Saints. Like, and I I think about this so much, and we can talk about this in the offseason. There are some losses that are just as good from a legacy standpoint as wins, and I think examples of that. Are the Des Caught it game, right? That loss like is a powerful memory for a lot of Cowboys fans. I think another example of that is last year's divisional round loss for the Bills. Like that, that loss propelled all of the overrating that happened to them in the offseason. And I think another loss is the Minnesota miracle that happened for the Saints. Like them losing that game, like made them this martyr to people and made like everybody associated with that team to be like better than they actually were. Like it's it's the like loss of opportunity that people cope with.
2: I mean, you have Alvin Kamara saying they they would have beat the S out of the Eagles if they had advanced, which is just like the biggest loser thing of all time. We didn't. Like, you they, lost. they may
1: that they may have like fine, Alvin. That, you, you might have, but you, you have didn't. No right like, to
2: say it. Yeah, you didn't. It did not like, happen.
1: That's what I'm saying. It's, like, you can deal in hypotheticals and maze and mites, but it did not happen. Like, and the idea that like we were robbed. No, you weren't robbed. Like, that's you, that was your player who missed that. You know what I mean? Like, so but it, like my point that that has happened to Sean Payton. Like, that mystique has like built him up to be better than he is. So, like, whatever. But this is about uh Dan Quinn. On, on Kellen Quinn Moore To
2: get it back to him, uh, I guess, like, what do you think are the chances that Dan Quinn is the Cowboys head coach? Because it does seem like that's part of why he wants to stay, uh, because he I feels mean, like there is some chance he could be the head coach there. Not it, it not, lives... not like immediately. I'm saying, I guess, after this season.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's part of what I think The that's, you know, why go to Denver when you don't what have chance? to move? What like, percentage do you like...
2: think? Dan I mean, it depends to the Cowboys next in, entering next season. Not it,
1: not it all depends on the success of the offense, right? Like, I mean, it depends on what McCarthy is able to do and into a large degree, what Dak is able to do. The thing I'm so interested to see this offseason, the Cowboys built Dak Prescott's contract to be able to restructure it this offseason and alleviate cap space, not a foreign concept by any means. But if they don't do that, I think it would be unwise of them to not do that. But if they don't, they leave themselves an out in 2024 um you know and it's i again i would disagree with that but it's not unfair to to like want to do that you know what i'm saying like i i like again people live in these extremes where it's like he is amazing or he sucks like he's a, a top 10 quarterback he's a very good quarterback who plays in elite ways for some windows but the inconsistencies as of late are certainly very troubling but if it would be not unfair for the cowboys to say we really want to see it again in 2023 before we like do this or whatever so I I think it would be part of an overall reset in 2024. If it didn't work out, you could know beyond a shadow of a doubt. McCarthy wasn't it. We're going to move on from Dak, blah, blah, blah. Maybe Dan Quinn's the guy to do that, but maybe it's not like you got to stop like keeping one foot in and one foot out. Like the the way, like,
2: I'm so glad you said that. Yes.
1: No, like, Would it be cool to head into 2024 if McCarthy's gone and Dak has gone with Dan Quinn on the surface? Yes. But like they went into the McCarthy era with Kellen Moore and granted, I think highly of Kellen, but like that was unfair in a literal sense to McCarthy and like the Garrett era began on a left foot as well. He was hired Mm -hmm. before Wade Phillips in 2007. Like at some point let one, let the most important person come in and and start from day one, like quit putting them behind the eight ball from the very beginning.
2: Yeah. You don't need to have your coach in waiting in the building already. You don't have to do that. I, I I don't, it can happen. There could be, there could be scenarios where an interim head coach or whatever, there's a successor in the building and it can work out. That can happen, but it does not have to happen that way. And I feel like the Cowboys almost think it has to happen that way. Like we have to have our guy ready. As opposed to it's like, like
1: we can it's like always trying to have like like it's cool if you have the what next whatever, next quarterback, next blah blah blah, like the Packers with Jordan Love. Like it's cool in a perfect world. Yeah, you always have like fallback options. And at the very least, if the Cowboys do have I always thought it was silly that, that Mike McCarthy could be fired midseason this past year, even before, and you know that I said that here. I, I don't think that is impossible this season. Like if it were to be so bad, it's not and, and you at least have Dan Quinn to fall back on for that. Right. Like if things went bad, you have a, a, you know, a secondary option to be your head coach um, for this upcoming season specifically. Um, but while Dan Quinn's back, again, we kind of got to get through this stuff. Kellen Moore's gone, as are seven other staffers. Um, and a lot of them close friends of Mike McCarthy, Joe Philbin, uh, Rob Davis, et cetera, et cetera. Um, six of the people dismissed uh, simply did not have their contracts renewed. If we're being literal, it's different than being dismissed. Um, Kellen Moore and Doug Nessmeyer, though, uh, Real we'll quick
2: I think coaching contracts are typically two years for assistance. So yeah, I mean they that's when McCarthy came in right two years ago, was it? Three or no, three. Well maybe it's like two or three, whatever. But yeah, there's it's that's standard for contracts to run out like that.
1: So um I don't know who their offensive coordinator will be. There are a lot of options and it's I think the most likely archetype is like a mccarthy guy right because if he's gonna call plays right like he just you know i don't i don't mean to say like the job is meaningless or anything but like it's it's mccarthy being offensive McAdoo, baby um that's one of the possibilities (laughs) tom clements is a possibility who did call plays for him in 2015 for a stretch when he gave it up um you know there's some internal promotions um scott Tolzien I, is on the cowboy staff i mean like they're different names um
2: i think ideally you should go like a little bit out of the box though and not just hire someone mike mccarthy knows someone you know from i don't know something creative something new someone maybe from a college ranks or you know a uh i i'm just i'm not saying literally this person but something like you know the steel how the steelers always have amazing wide receivers maybe hire like the steelers wide receivers coach or, or like, something, <laughs> like something like something like something creative something fresh something you know innovative
1: we um we've obviously done a lot of things about this subject as of late at blogging the boys so you know for any cowboys fans or whatever fans that want to see that you can listen to the blog on the boys podcast network or check out our youtube channel but something i said um and look like have fun whatever like again if you're an eagles fan you deserve the right to gloat but like I, I, I still maintain that Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback. We can sit here, quibble, whatever. But at some point, some of this, or a lot of this, has to be Dak's fault. Like, we can't just sit sure. here and be like, oh, well, Scott Linehan was fired, and Jason Garrett was fired, and Kellen Moore was fired, and blah, blah, blah. And it can be true that they there was merit to fire all those people that wasn't related to Dak. But it can also be true that, like, the common denominator amongst them is Dak. And so right. um, Dak is not without blame. Dak is not without fault. I said that a week ago. This is an offseason where there is nowhere to run, nowhere to hide for him. And that I, I that's what I like the most about McCarthy taking over play called it. There is nowhere to run. There is nowhere to hide. And I certainly don't say that in, in the sense of, like, wanting him to fail. But I, I say it in the sense of wanting to learn, wanting to understand so that, you know, either they win the Super Bowl or they we know that that is not going to be the case and they can move yeah. on.
2: Yeah, there's no ambiguity
1: right um also i wanted to get to this um this is a great way to kind of tie it back to things um there's not a lot of giants or commander's news i guess maybe mike kafka is going to get a coaching job i don't know if that's going to happen a lot but... and then, uh, that, that's
2: Martin like the only thing
1: yeah that's like the biggest thing going on with the giant oh but uh actually as we segue into tweets uh what did you make of Kayvon on tweet which one he, or he said that like he tweeted during the title game i'm going to find it actually right now um buy me something some time. About...
2: Like the Forty ers were like yeah, pathetic time or whatever. Time. We did We weren't getting beat as bad as the Forty ers did. Which kind of seems Keep like going. a BLE player to me, if we're being honest. Um, um, we did a Nick Foles and other, among other things. And going back to the pre-draft stuff, and you talked about when he was on that podcast uh, with, is, around the NFL guys and kind of a weird vibe. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm not in on him as a personality. Uh, I'm is, still looking. So. Um loser vibes to him um i'm still looking for that one
1: um where uh okay here it is uh way this game look we might be better than the 49ers that was the tweet that upset a lot of people he also (laughs) said who are you hang on to okay well i'm getting there i'm going in chronological order uh so that was the first one um and then he was like kind of responding you know with a lot of people um this i think we agree with he said it's sick how you can come this far all for nothing but then again that's why we love it like that well, is true yeah. like you know the, so I, I liked yeah. this too he said referees should have post-game interviews now there is the pool report but i do think yeah. that like there should be some accountability there so i'm, I'm with him on that the report um, is
2: very like quick though it's not like right, right. you know a rigorous it's like you get like one or two questions i feel like
1: um so Joe Staley is what you're talking about. Um, friend of our friend, Rob Statsgar. So kind of like, you know, we're two degrees away. Um, he quote tweeted the tweet that Kayvon had where he said that, you know, they looked like they were better than the uh, the Niners. Joe Staley quoted that and said, you're, and by the way, Joe Staley said, you're, you are,
2: you know, Joe, just type the whole word the Giants out. lost mm-hmm. by 31 points. Okay. <laughs> so i talking about
1: <laughs> Joe Staley said, you're a flash player who gets bodied by average tackles. don't let the new york media affect you too much and then Kayvon quoted that tweet and said who are you bro dot 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 and then he added a follow-up tweet like a new organic tweet and said i don't care how famous you think you are if i don't know you dot 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 i don't know you um so uh yeah um yeah interesting um yeah, the um, what do you I'll think just, about I, the Empire
2: State Building turning green? Dude, and white?
1: what are you doing? What are you
2: doing? That is I would be so pissed if I was a Giants fan. But that just was it. Was there, to,
1: was there the, any explanation? It's not like, a real
2: football town. It's not a real football town. W-
1: was there explanation Speakers. given? Like, like that they offered? Like, it, like the, I the, imagine it it's like planned, it's a it's a worldwide do, building whatever. Like, blah blah blah. Is that what well, it
2: is? Well, they did the Chiefs too. I don't know if you saw that. That's stupid. So, like, they were just gonna do both, but that's so... You don't have to do any. (laughs) You don't have to do that.
1: Like, if I mean, it's different, but, like, if the city of Pittsburgh wants to do something and you sell up, like, um, along no. these lines. Is, well, no, but, like, hear me out. Like, that's less offensive or less stupid. You know what I mean? Like, the city of Dallas, after the Astros won the World Series, like, lit up and said, like, congrats. You know, it's like you're in state whatever. Like, if there's at the very least, like, an incredibly loose connection that you have to those people. But, like, this is literally a rival and literally a team who knocked you out of the playoffs. Yeah, um, the week so, before.
2: Yeah, that's terrible. But I, I love simple. it. It's so good. And, um. Uh, I last thing. Maybe part of it was just because they have the green and white for the Jets. I don't know.
1: I mean, I'm sure they have all the colors, Brandon. Like, <laughs> like I don't think it's like, oh, well,
2: we happen to have these colors laying around. They only, they uh, only have so but, many colors in the budget.
1: Um, last thing. Tweet, by the
2: way, that we're like, we're, we'll see you at the Super Bowl. Or It's it's very funny when brands tweet to me. It's like, is the Empire State Building itself going to be at the, is it going to go to the Super Bowl? Is it no, going to be in the stands? I, I,
1: I saw that. I think that's like a tease for like a commercial, like a Super Bowl commercial, like gotcha. the way we saw the like M and M's thing last week. Like,
2: yeah. why do we need to like promote the empires? Like, what? So you go, like go there? I got. I don't know. It's strange.
1: I don't like whatever. Uh Does the last Empire the Building
2: need a Twitter account?
1: <laughs> Who runs it? You know, what mean? like what do you tweet? Like, what do
2: you tweet? Do you, like the images of the building? Hey, or, if you're anyway. really tall no. today. I
1: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you could tweet that since you're uh, yeah, six foot six five, foot nine, but right. any uh, anyway. Um, last thing is a tweet. Uh, Micah Parsons stirred Cowboys fans up. I don't know if Ooh. you saw this. I, I will say this. I love that Micah is such a football fan. It's
2: as, as like fan as, as, and a but fan. As somebody
1: who is, is a great player for my favorite team. It's cool that he's like always watching like Monday night football or Thursday night football. Right? Like that's cool. Um, that being said. I respect that Micah has a, you know, has favorite players, players who he admires, whatever. He obviously knows Lane Johnson very well and like goes against him. And so he has a different level of respect and admiration for him than any of us could achieve. Uh, But the line that bothered people, I don't know if you saw this, he tweeted it it, it, and said, go win a Super Bowl for our division. No. Whoa! Uh -uh. I didn't even see that.
2: Holy crap. What the heck is that? I I don't even like that as a, I don't want like, I don't want Cowboys fans to be rooting for the Eagles. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, if you were rooting for the Eagles in the Super Bowl, that would make me less excited because then it's like, no, this is supposed to hurt you. You're not supposed to like this or enjoy this.
1: Um, no, he tweeted. So the tweet reads: He tweeted it. Um, Lane- so first he tweeted, "I don't think people realize what Lane Johnson is doing right now. Freaking heroic. Yeah. One of my favorite players in this league." Totally fine with that. Like, uh, that's super fair game. He goes like, up is against
2: it... him, it's respect. that's what I'm saying. Like, is, and, and you want to build like... up your opponent too. Cause then when you beat them, it's more impressive. You're like, wow. Yeah. But like, like is it, sl-
1: is it slightly annoying? Maybe. But like, again, like, whatever. Like, super cool with that. So, Lane, I, I guess you didn't see this. He quote tweeted that with the handshake emoji. Mm-hmm. Um, so Micah responded, Love you, big bro. Again, super cool. Keep going. Not many like you. Definitely not playing like you, healthy or with a torn groin. Go win a bowl for our
2: division. No, that doesn't make any sense. no. Although, but Mike is an Eagles fan. You know that he is deep down. He is. Dude, do not he went like to the this. Phillies World Series.
1: He's from the area. That's so dumb. That's right. The penalty likes like, the Eagles. So, so silly. He's, He's from fan. the area. Well, I mean, Jalen Hurts is a Cowboys fan. He had the Cowboys uh, locker <laughs> thing growing up. So again, like I, even if he was an Eagles fan growing up, like I, I actually would hate that less. If he was like, you know what? I grew up an Eagles fan. Like I play for the Cowboys, you know, so I understand this, but like, you know, I grew, I grew up an Eagles fan, so I won't be mad if they win it. Like I would, I would like, you know, I, I could deal with that, but the like for our division. Nah, i like, there's no divisional pride. Like that's, that's the part no, that I get other I than
2: what we joke about here on the podcast and like, Hey, the NFC beast that we created and there's no losing team other than like stuff like that. No. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. Anything else that we want to say? There was no commander uh, Still, so no whatsoever. news really
2: on the commanders. I think they're they're interviewing Anthony Lynn, and now um, certainly for their longtime. OC
1: position, though.
2: I yeah, which right. again, just the candidates for that job. Not. Nah, I mean, like really, Anthony Lynn. Like really, that's the best you can do. And it is, I do think. But I
1: think we went too great. far on Anthony Lynn a little bit, especially like when you look at like some of the mistakes. And I don't mean like Brandon Staley like sucks, but like Brandon Staley is not perfect. You know what I mean? Like so like. Some of it is I'm I'm willing to kind of reexamine I guess, but yeah I'm not like, worried about
2: this. The commanders are going to have because they're going to release Carson Wentz obviously, and that's going to clear up a lot of cap space. If I'm not mistaken. They're going to have the most cap space, or no? I guess the Giants. The Giants have 44 right now because the the cap was set obviously. If you didn't know that, by the way. So
1: were the so were the tag values, which is important yes. for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and maybe yep. Tony Pollard. We'll see.
2: So you know, commanders because they, they currently only have six. 0. 0.6 million but you know releasing Wentz is going to free up like a, like a big chunk here it's actually going to free up um 26 cuz none of his salary is guaranteed uh, if i'm not if i'm looking at this correctly so uh you know well, some some room to work with but that's all about that's all about i have on the commanders as their ownership situation continues to uh kind of linger out there
1: um, I don't have anything else. Um, I will offer my official Super Bowl Fifty Seven prediction next week. on yeah. the NFC. S Two. It's
2: just so much time. Like, what? I don't need to predict the game now.
1: Well, and, like things can change. Like, you know, what is like? I, I don't think there's like an injury that's going to like s- swing massively. But like every player In that's theory. hurt is going to. Yeah, I mean, like whatever. Um, oh, are you bothered that the Kelsey's mom wears Travis's jersey on the front?
2: No. I think Jason has said she likes Travis more. <laughs> Not that like she hates him, but I think you know, he's the he's the he's the baby. He's a little brother. So yeah, I think there's something to sure. that. from my understanding. Again, I'm an only child. Um, but I think, you know, seeing that that dynamic before where the youngest child kind of gets more of the affection, the attention, like that. I well, maybe I get it.
1: maybe it's also literally true in that sense. Or like the jersey technically goes like, you know, if you go if you look at it like back to front, right? Like so you started with the older one, you move mm-hmm. forward frontwards. Um Wow, well, okay. Uh looking forward to next week. Brandon. Should be good. Give us give us anything you want, and then we leave.
2: Anything you want. Uh I mentioned this on BGN radio, which is why the company E S T I E or, or sorry, E S T I uh sent me a bunch of hummus and dips and snacks. Um but man, an elite combo is taking and if you can't get that hummus, because I think they're more local to New Jersey area, just find a really good hummus and get, I don't know if these are national or you can get them around, but it's a pretzel. It's like a hard pretzel you know, as a snack brand called Unique. And uh, you get the extra salty if you like a salt. If not, you can you know obviously cater to your preference there. But I just think it's an elite combo and I'm not inventing that, but get a really good hummus get a really good pretzel to dip that in, man, it's got everything going on. You got the texture, the crunch, you got the temperature contrast. I, I like it. It's great. Also, it's if you time. want
1: some beef jerky for the That's big right. game, head to com and use discount code BTB15 or
2: BGN15. Yeah. Blogging the boys or BGN15 to support BGN. And I have this on good authority, RJ, that the Eagles at their hotel in Arizona for the Super Bowl – specifically ordered right to sell and craft jerky to like have for the hotel, like, like a lot, they want it like stocked up because they, well, that's, I mean, that's an official, I mean, that's a snack it's, that they it's an have. official
1: We don't say this on this show. It is an official snack of that is accessible to both Eagles. Snack of the, well, okay. I don't know if that's
2: it, true, but okay. the players it, is an, eat it. It is a we snack that, that. Is, yeah.
1: it, that is accessible to both yep. the Eagles and the Cowboys at their training facilities. That is hundred percent. Like the safe. players like it a lot. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's right. peace. Uh, get some Nelson Mandela. Later.
0: Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com.